Good morning, El Paso Bible Church. How is everyone today? I hope everyone's doing well. I hope they also got a bulletin as you walked in. So that way you can know the activities of the, uh, of the church for the week. Uh, I was advised, though, that I should uh, point out some things because the folks at home who were worshiping with us uh, uh, don't get a bulletin. And so they don't know that the, uh, the uh, young adult Bible study is on Saturdays from 6 to 8 p.m. And uh, the office hours for the week are shortened because of the holiday, closing at noon on uh, Wednesday, and be back on, uh, well, Sunday, of course. All right, if you want to open your Bibles to uh, Psalm 95, 1 through 5, that's going to be our scripture reading this morning. Other uh, things to highlight, no women's Bible study this week. Um, the youth are, have their worship time this evening at 6 o'clock. Also, in your bulletin, it talks about a care ministry. There are folks there that you can call uh, if you want to donate meals and or uh, uh, assist in some other ways. But uh, you called Tori Schaefer, and her number's there in the bulletin. All right, I think that's uh, all we need to remind folks about. Let's go to Psalm 95, and it reads thus. So come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, for the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Blessed be the word, uh, the word of God. Why don't you bow with me? We'll pray together and then we'll sing together. Father, we thank you for this, uh, this day. We're reminded of this as Thanksgiving week where we give thanks for the blessings that we've received here in this country. But we as believers need to give our thanks, of course, daily. Daily for the salvation and, and the provision that you provide for us every day. This breath that we breathe, we don't deserve, Lord, because of our sin. But you've made a way. Jesus came. He died for us. We appreciate that, Lord. We really do. I pray now for those who are traveling and not with us today by any reason, maybe they're sick and not able to be with us. Pray for those who uh, can't be with us that, Lord, you would bring them back to worship with us, for that's what we like to do, worship together face-to-face -face and in fellowship together one, one with another. We pray this now that you would bless this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Good morning. Would you stand with us for a time of worship? song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring 
Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. We live for you. We sing holy, holy, holy. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my
Jesus. 
to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing all its mine, yet not I. Oh, oh, oh. 
Well, good morning. Good morning. Children, I think we have children's church today, adventurers and explorers. So you guys can go ahead and go. Um, and this morning we have a, a treat, um, a blessing. Can we say that? Our blessings? Yeah. Um, and that we're going to have the opportunity to hear some testimony on this uh, Sunday before Thanksgiving here in a moment. And uh, so I hope that, that I'm, I know that you'll be blessed by that. But I want you to, to ask you to join with me in prayer this morning as we begin. Uh, Father, we do thank you that it is not I, but Christ in me, that it is not us, but Christ in us, together worshiping today, uh, that we, uh, among many things which we're pausing to give thanks for this week, Father, we, we thank you for that, for the opportunity that we have to come and hear your word, uh, but as well hear about the application of the truths of your word in the lives of your children uh, as we approach this, this time, specifically of Thanksgiving. Uh, Father, we pray your blessing on those in our body uh, who are suffering uh, from illnesses, uh, from the ones uh, even that we don't know about, the ones that are struggling uh, with difficulties in their lives, either health or uh, other things that, that can rob joy from us. Father, we, we pray your blessing of comfort on people in that situation. Father, we pray uh, for wisdom uh, and for fellowship to come around them as well in that time. Father, we know that holidays are sometimes difficult. And uh, Father, we Pray that you would give us as your body here at El Paso Bible Church the wisdom to know uh, how to respond to that reality as well. Father, we love you and we thank you for the life that we have in your Son by grace through faith. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. I thought we'd begin this morning with our time of testimony. So Steve and Janice, if you to come up, I'm going to have to find a microphone. Oh, you've got one. Steve also gets the reward for being the most prepared of anybody that's ever done this. Um, so come on up. Um, and so uh, you can introduce yourselves, but uh, this is Steve and Janice Myers. And Steve uh, is an elder here at El Paso Bible Church and has served faithfully as a deacon and as well as that. And Janice has served as a Bible study leader and all sorts of things, uh, children's ministries and everything else. So um, but they've offered, and, and we're going to be blessed by your testimony this morning. So would you go ahead? All right. All right. Yep. Uh, well, good morning again. Um, go ahead. Good morning. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this is a week of Thanksgiving, and uh, we have many things to be thankful for. Uh, this has been a challenging year for us. Probably most of you know that uh, last year about this time, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, cancer, 
cancer of the duodenum. It was blocking my uh, uh, intestines. I couldn't uh, eat or swallow anything for about 10 days. I, um, uh, the, the duodenum is right around the pancreas and the gallbladder. Okay, it's a very rare form of, uh, of uh, cancer. It's not, you know, it's, it's not normal. They're one or 2%, I think, of, the, of cancers are in that area. Uh, but, you know, you get hit with something like that, you're a believer, and you go to a pity party, right? That's what I did anyway. I, what, I mean, why me? Why me? I'm an, I'm an elder. I was a deacon. I go to church here. Why me? So I pitied myself for a little while, and, uh, and uh, through the encouragement of my wife and family and, and brothers and sisters here and counsel that I got from uh, elders here, uh, I got out of that pity party and uh, went on the, on, the, on the way to try to beat this thing. Um, they could, I was offered the opportunity to go uh, into a 12-hour surgery to extract it right after the diagnosis. And 12-hour uh, surgery, uh, when I was weak like that, didn't sound like the best thing for us to do. So we went, went to MD Anderson, got some counsel there, got uh, direction on getting chemotherapy. I'm scheduled to start chemotherapy on this, uh, this one Monday morning back at the beginning of this year. And the, Sunday, the Saturday night before that, we had a BB&B. The men uh, do their Bible brew and, uh, and beef thing. And after we had done all of that, we had a prayer time together. And Josh asked for requests, and I raised my hand. I said, you know, I'm going into chemotherapy, da-da-da-da-da. You know how nasty chemo can be. And so, uh, well, he's not here today, darn it. Jeremiah Johnson uh, offered to pray for me. And he started off by praying. He said, I pray that. Steve can be a blessing through this. And my first thought was, wait a minute. I'm the victim here. I got, I'm going to die. I got cancer. How can, how can I go out and be a blessing to somebody else? Well, the Holy Spirit took that before, before the next guy even had a chance to pray. The Holy Spirit said, this isn't about you, Steve. This is about Jesus. This is, this is all about Jesus. Our lives are about Jesus. Whether we're, whether we're suffering through cancer like we did or are, or, or you're, you're fairly healthy, whether you're young or you're old, this is still, life is still really about Jesus. So I got out of that pity party and uh, um, went to MD Anderson again, and uh, we, we changed a lot of things in our lifestyle to try to help to supplement the chemotherapy that I was taking to try to beat this thing. And uh, went back to MD Anderson in uh, July and they said, yeah, the tumor shrunk by 36%, and we can do that 12-hour surgery in probably six hours. And I was feeling good. I was, I was healthy enough. I'm, I'm 70 pounds lighter than I was two years ago, but, you know, uh, that comes with the territory, I guess. So they scheduled me for surgery in August. I go up there the, the Thursday and Friday beforehand to do the blood tests and the CT scans and all that sort of stuff. Friday, I met with the doctor for him to review it and for the, uh, uh, the whole surgical team to chat with me and prepare me. But he says to me, you know, we've got a, we've got a problem here. They're, your tumor markers are up to 69. 35 is normal. 
but we'll go in and we'll have a look uh, before we start the actual surgery. We'll have a look on Monday morning and uh, send the robots in and have them look around your stomach. And I went in, uh, you know, Monday morning kind of expecting to come out and have, be done with this tumor. Well, I came out and they said, uh, no, your tumor has metastasized into the rest, into the walls of your stomach. And so they gave me the, uh, the year, year and a half uh, death sentence. And uh, so I engaged in the pity party again for a while, of course. And I sent, I sent a text out to friends and family here. And uh, the, the, the cars are, uh, live in Houston, Sher Ken and Sharon Carr, they live in Houston. And I sent it, we'd been texting back and forth about things in Houston. And they sent me a text that said, oh, you'll beat this, and when you come out of it, you'll be a blessing to those who are struggling through the same thing that you're struggling with. So that ended the pity party, okay? <laughs> it really did. It ended the pity party. And we, we continued down the path of, uh, of, uh, of changing our lifestyle and uh, trying to live better, eat better, you know, and I uh, got a uh, blood test in October, beginning of October, and my tumor markers were 32. And the metastasis has stopped, and they can hardly see two of the three uh, uh, growths in my stomach. So uh, my thanksgiving is for my church, for you folks who have prayed for me, who have, when we've been here on Sunday mornings, have been encouraging to my brothers on the elder board who uh, have been with me throughout this whole thing and the, and the deacons and all the other folks who have just supported us. Uh, and I'll let Janice tell you about uh, her, her challenges this year. All right, well, <clears throat> I guess I could say ditto to what he said and not say anything, but <laughs> I have a few things I want to talk about that I'm thankful for. And I, too, am so thankful for El Paso Bible Church and the people here and the people that have prayed for us. They have truly been a blessing. And I'm thankful, first of all, for my belief in Jesus because I have everlasting life, and, that has, and I know I'm secure, and that has given me peace. And I'm also very thankful for the elders because when I found out what my diagnosis was, that I had cancer, they laid their hands on me and prayed for me. And I had wonderful prayers that were so wonderful. And <clears throat> prayers of healing and grace and for God's mercy. And it was wonderful. And so when they finished praying for me, I said, Thank you, I feel a lot better. But it was more than a feeling. Those prayers helped me physically, mentally, and spiritually. They really did. And um, I had hope and I had peace. And physically, I had surgery and I got through my surgery and I felt good after the surgery. And I've had chemo. And I've gotten through that. That was hard, but I've gotten through that. I still have to do radiation. And it's ironic because I'm always trying to protect myself from EMF rays and radiation. And now I have to have radiation. <laughs> so
But I trust my doctors, and I have good doctors, I feel. But I do want to thank the elders and their wives, and the deacons and their wives, and everyone who has prayed for me. The prayers have helped me, and Steve also, more than you would ever know. They really have. And anyone who has sent me a text or an email or called me, um, everyone who has done things for me, like I said, the elders and their wives, the deacons and their wives, everyone. I just really appreciate everyone here at El, ba El Paso Bible Church, and I love you all. And lastly, I do want to say that I thank God and I praise him for bringing me through this trial so far because I'm learning to trust Jesus more and more as we sing uh, and the worship team brings us songs that help me all week long. Those words ring in my head and they give me hope and they give me peace and they give me strength. And I do want to thank God that I can trust him and that I can trust in his will. And I thank him for the spiritual blessings he's given me and for the opportunities that I have to share. Because when you have cancer, you run into other cancer patients and you run into and you have caregivers. And so you get down to the nitty gritty of life. And so you have opportunities to share. So I'm really thankful for that also. Thank you. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the blessing uh, that Steve and Janice have been for years uh, to El Paso Bible Church for their faithful service, Father, but especially the blessing of uh, their faithfulness uh, during these trials, these difficulties. And we do thank you for the answer uh, to those prayers offered so many months ago now. Father, we thank you for the wonderful news uh, regarding these markers. We thank you. Um, for the opportunity to hear those words, Father. We know the truths of the things, uh, but we, we thank you for the words being spoken to be an encouragement to us. Uh, and Father, we, we do continue to pray uh, for healing uh, and this trajectory of healing that Steve and Janice are on. And we, we pray your blessing on it, on the hands of, um, uh, of the doctors who are treating, especially, Father, we thank you for them. And we thank you for the expression of your healing power through those observations and treatment plans that we see. Father, we know that you heal, and we ask for that healing today to continue. And it's in your son's name we pray. And Father, I want to join with Pastor Josh and the rest of our congregation as we uh, pray for our brother and sister, Stephen Janice, and just thank you for the encouragement they've been uh, to everyone here and their uh, just their witness and their trust 
in you, Lord, and they're a solid cup when we ask that you bring them comfort through this all and uh, to bring them strength. And we trust you. Again, we trust you for healing, whether it be a miraculous healing or whether it be through the hands of doctors or both. Lord, we, we trust in you. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do indeed thank you for Steve and Janice and their witness and testimony they have been through this trial. Father, we, we thank you for them. Uh, they have endured uh, a situation many of us uh, have never seen or experienced, and they have shown us the way uh, should such things happen in our lives. So, Father, we, we really also thank your church for the support that they've given uh, to Steve and Janice and uh, it means so much to them, we know that, but they see mean, they also mean so much to us, and we thank you for them, that they have worshiped with us over these years, and that they would have many more years to be with us, for we pray in Christ's name, amen. And Father God, we are grateful right now for the opportunity to be here to even to hear their testimony, Father. Please share the struggles that they've had, but also the triumphs. And those are things that come with, with, Lord, with the prayers and with the strength that you give us together, Father, as we join together, not only in prayer, but also, also physically, Father, as we join with them, that you continue to give them strength, Lord, to overcome the issues that they face, Father, these things that face our nation, but yet they're at hand here. And, Father, we thank you that they have been able to, Father, be positive during this area. Testify, Father, how they have just trusted in you and continue to trust in you, Father. And, we, and that's an encouragement to all of us here, Father, in this body. And I guess the prayer of Jeremiah was true. They have become a blessing, Lord, even through this trial to those that are here today. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here. Lord, we pray that you continue to um, help them through the ordeal, Lord. But we thank you most of all, Father, that we can be with them. And let them know, Father, that we are with them. We stand with them. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of this body, of this church. And most of all, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, we stand together today. And so, Father, I just ask that you continue to just strengthen them, Lord, because that's what they need. They need strength, Father, to overcome this, this issue, this terrible uh, disease. But, Father... We know, Lord, that they love you and they trust in you. And we can continue to pray for them, Father God. Let us stand together now and hold them up before you. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Thank you. It's important, I think, to hear those kinds of testimonies um, because I, I think I've told you all this. Um, after a, I've been at least occasionally but fairly regularly, if not full-time, teaching and preaching in churches for about 20 years now, and it's easy for me to start a series, and oh, the starts are hard, and the ends are hard, but the middle is, that's my wheelhouse. 
uh, and holidays are kind of hard uh, because um, virtually everybody that walks in walks in with an expectation of, of what you're going to hear, right? You're going to hear that you ought to be thankful today. On uh, Easter, or some people refer it only as Resurrection Sunday, which is fine. You're going to hear that. Uh, Christmas, you're going to hear that story. Um, and some people might see that as freeing, but it's kind of difficult, right? And so we, we do need to be thankful, right? But so much of what we try to remind, you try to remind yourself as you're walking through Albertsons to be thankful. Well, I don't even buy cans of cranberry sauce. We make our own cranberries. You're thankful that there are cranberries to buy, right? You're thankful that you can still have your Thanksgiving dinner. You can do this or you can do that. Um, and at some point, I, you know, it, it starts to, those kinds of things kind of feel a little trite, you know? Uh, and so we need to hear testimonies of God's power. And I'm not saying the existence of cranberries isn't in some way uh, evidence of God's creative power, but it kind of falls short, right? Um, so it's hard for me uh, because uh, maybe it's less on Thanksgiving than others. You know, it depends on your tradition, uh, what you expect to hear. Um, you know, if, you, uh, if you're in the losing weight for Jesus tradition, you know what I mean? Like the 100% application sermon, right? Yeah, I can tell you that being thankful lowers your blood pressure. It lowers your blood pressure and your cortisol levels. You may not know what lowering cortisol levels do, but most of you are probably running around with elevated cortisol levels, and it helps you, makes you gain weight, right? So literally, you can lose weight for Jesus if you're thankful and you lower your cortisol levels so you can be skinny and happy for the Lord, right? You might expect to hear something like that. I could give you the, you know, the... The Puritan sermon, right? Be thankful because we're all going to die and this is going to end soon. That's the, the Puritan kind of sermon, right? You don't want to hear that, but some people dig it, you know? That's what they like to get beat up on Sunday morning. I could give you the, the Patriot sermon, you know? Be thankful for Marca. The colors don't run. That's someplace there, you know? I could give you the, the Pharisee Thanksgiving sermon, huh? Lord, I thank you that I am not like other men. I could give you all those. All varieties out there. I've heard something like that here and there on Thanksgiving and other Sundays. No problem. You know, whatever. There's lots of variations out there. People try to give uh, a new angle, and maybe I can't really fault them for trying. And maybe they're not even wrong. Like... There are psychological and physiological benefits to thankfulness, right? You know that. You know that if you go around and, and focus on all the things that are wrong and all the things you're a victim of, and all, that thankfulness is a resolution for that. And your life will be better. You will be better. Things will appear better if you can learn to be thankful. All considerations. But I, I want to look at a passage that was brought to mind this week. A little bit, I don't know if it's different. Maybe you've heard it a hundred times, but I haven't heard it very much on Thanksgiving. It's out of Hebrews 12. And you know, Hebrews 12 is a well-known passage at the very beginning. 
uh, verses 1 and 2, uh, the writer tells us, uh, he, he tells us that we have this great cloud of witnesses that we should press on, right? I don't think this is that familiar to us, this end of Hebrews 12, right? This isn't about the running with endurance the race that is set before us, avoiding the sins that beset us or so easily entangle us. But it's talking about something else, something more. This is in verse 28 of Hebrews 12, and you can turn there if you, if you can find Hebrews in your Bible. Some people have a hard time finding some of these books because it's not like clicking on a link anymore. But um, Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Now you may not realize, I don't know, did anybody feel the earthquake this week? No? You just heard it? You heard it! Jenny's special. Y'all, y'all aren't as special as the Newland family. They felt the earthquake. There was supposedly an earthquake, 5.3 earthquake, and we had four aftershocks of that thing in El Paso. Did you feel it, Truman? No, you didn't feel it. Truman's not special. I mean, he's special. You're just not that kind of special. You're special, Truman. You're just not that. You're not as special as Jenny. Anyway, yeah, in this regard, you got to feel the earthquake. I've always had a little bit of a morbid curiosity about what an earthquake feels like. I feel a little gypped that I was not special to feel the thing. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes, but people are afraid. They're rightly afraid of things. You know, sometimes knowing the science of something helps you, right? Knowing the science of something allows you to assess risk. It is a lot, but, but earthquakes are something. You study earthquakes? Earthquakes you get more scared of the more you study them, in my opinion, because there's nothing you can do about it if the earth decides to quake under you. Nothing. The science of that scares me if I paid too much attention to it, but that's kind of what the writer is talking about, the nature of things that shake in this passage. He says, God... God spoke, and he said, I'm going to, once more, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. And the reason I'm going to shake it is to separate things that can be shaken from things that can't be shaken. Now, you may not realize the, maybe the picture of that, but if you drive up and down Trans Mountain, have you, anybody recently gone up and down Trans Mountain? They've had some construction equipment there, and they have a screen there. And they put it on, the, on a big track, and they shake it like this. To separate the rocks, the big rocks from the little rocks. And that's kind of the picture that I get here. God is going to shake everything to see, you know, to shake everything out of the way that can be shaken. To separate things like that. And here the writer, in a, with a participle, he's saying we're, we are receiving this. We're in process. We have not received it. It's not in your heart. It's not in this building. It's not in this zip code. But he says we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It can't be shaken. We don't have it yet, but we are receiving it. And it's guaranteed it's guaranteed. It's not quite like the 
the funnel cake line at the fair, right? I have occasionally been disappointed standing in line at the funnel cake line. Do you like funnel cakes? Do you know what a funnel cake is? Do they make funnel cakes in El Paso? They do. He goes, y'all are looking at me like I'm an alien. I know what funnel cake is. If you, you know, funnel cakes are dead. But I have actually stood in line for a considerable amount of time and got there, and there were no funnel cakes. The depths of disappointment that I felt are probably not describable. I really wanted a funnel cake. I was in line thinking I was going to receive it. The writer of Hebrews says it's not going to be like the funnel cake line. You are standing in line. You are going to receive it. You are in the process of receiving it, in fact. It's coming to you, and it's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It is our inheritance. But the verse starts with that, therefore, which tells us that it's connected to something else. If we look at those preceding verses, the writer tells us this. Sorry, in verse 26. We won't go back to 25, but it says, And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, and this is an Old Testament quotation, he says, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven, or the heavens. That's a, what we call a merism. You know one because the Bible starts with one, doesn't it? What does the Bible start with in English? In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. That's what we call a merism. It's everything. It means he created everything from the heavens and the earth. Out of nothing, he created it. It's a merism. God is saying, here, I will shake once more everything. All of creation will be shaken. And the writer tells us the purpose for that. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing, verse 27, of those things which can be shaken, as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. It's a separation. Everything that can be shaken, he's going to shake it. And I think that's a reference to an image going back to Daniel, actually. Daniel chapter 2. This is a, you know, I don't necessarily have to read it because y'all been to Sunday school, right? This is one of the stories, right? Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and the dream is of a very odd statue that shouldn't really be able to stand up, right? Because it has all the heavy pieces at the top, the gold and the silver and the bronze and iron and then iron and clay. Did I get that right? I think those are the layers. And at the bottom, Daniel actually says this, iron doesn't mix with clay on these feet, and so it's a prediction of these kingdoms that come forward. And, and in the dream, he's interpreting it for Nebuchadnezzar, the king there, and he says that you saw a, a, a stone come in and smash the feet. And after it destroyed that whole statue, destroyed all of that, the, the stone, the rock, grew and filled the whole earth. He shook it, destroyed it, every kingdom. Can't think of... A better picture for something unshakable than a stone that fills the whole earth. And it's a kingdom, he says. A kingdom that will endure forever. One that cannot be shaken. Now imagine, you know, you see a statue like that as a pagan king, probably who looked a good bit like the likeness in the statue, I would guess. 
Isn't that weird how most of the kings that we find archaeologically speaking all look very similar? <laughs> they look, the statuary looks quite similar to itself. And it'd be scary. And Daniel is explaining to him, look, you're the, you're the top, but this is what's coming after you and, and all of the kingdoms of the earth. None of them will survive this destructive event except for one, and the one that is will endure forever. And that's the image, I think, that the writer of Hebrews is borrowing. Not borrowing, using, utilizing. A kingdom that is coming, not one that is here. One that is distinct and one that's separate from the others in the world. He's talking about a kingdom that is coming. This is fairly obvious, is it not? The kingdom is not here. How do I know that? The news. I can step outside on the sidewalk. I can see that the kingdoms of the earth are not only shakable, they're shaking, aren't they? They were shaking because of a virus. Now they're shaking because of what they did to control the virus and the economic ramifications of it. They're shakable, and they're shaking. Exhibit A. The kingdoms of the earth are pretty vulnerable. They're pretty weak. There have been a few in the world, in the history of mankind that have stood there and shook their fist at God and said, even God can't touch me. You know about the last thing you read about, about those nations? Is God stomping on their face. And those nations don't exist anymore. Edom, for one, comes to mind, but multiple others. They're nations that in our modern day, frequently we've, it has taken a lot of archaeological digging to find them because their history is so buried, such that modern people are dumb enough to say the Bible mentioned them, but they don't exist. <laughs> no, the reason you didn't find them was because when God squashes them, it's pretty serious. Because the kingdoms of the earth can be shaken. They're shaken. But the writer of Hebrews tells us something different. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, that's our inheritance, that's our future. That's the basis for the exhortation. It's actually a, well, a, a co-exhortation. He includes him, himself or herself, by the way. We actually don't know who wrote Hebrews. And I like to shock people by sometimes saying that maybe it was um, a woman. Are you shocked yet? Disapprovingly so? Maybe. That's how much we don't know about the writer of Hebrews. We don't know. It would be the one exception. The writer says this because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us give thanks. My son and I have been watching some old uh, 
old episodes of a show you might have watched called Dirty Jobs. Have you ever watched Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe? No? This was a real dirty job. It's not one that I could do. I, I watch the show and sometimes I'm like, yeah, I could do that. That's not that dirty. This one I could not have done. He was on some fishing boat up there. You know what he was doing on the fishing boat? Y'all are going to say fishing. He wasn't fishing on a fishing boat. The fishing boat was shaking. All Mike Rowe was doing for three days was puking his guts out. That was the result. Do you think he was given thankfulness? Giving thanks for being on the boat? Because he was subject to the shakiness of the boat? No. The promise that we have is that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We're told that this, this is why we should give thanks. Now he has a further clarification, right? But this, it actually says, let us have gratitude. You know how they tell people that you're wearing clothes? In the Bible, they say you have clothes. How do you tell if somebody's wearing clothes? You look at them, right? It's fairly self-evident that people are wearing clothes. And that's how the thankfulness is supposed to be on the outside. Have it. Wear it. Put it on. Let us show gratitude. Because we're not going to be on an Alaskan fishing boat wondering whether we're going to keep breakfast down for eternity. We are not thankfully going to be subject to endless political conventions or dementia-ridden presidents or non-dementia-ridden presidents for that matter. There will be no presidents in the kingdom that's why they call it a king, kingdom. There will be a king there. And he will rule over a kingdom that is not shaken. Cannot be shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. God will do it. But the kingdom we shall receive, that we are in fact in the process of receiving right now, we can, it cannot be shaken. What's that implication for you and for me? He doesn't say it. But if everything in the whole universe is going to be shaken to separate it from that which can't, what does that mean for me? What do I have to be in order to receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken? I also must be unshakable. I'm not even taking this and turning it into a modern phrasing, am I? He uses the word shake. I am unshakable. Because I cannot, be in, I cannot be receiving a kingdom that's unshakable if I'm easily shaken, right? Is that reasonable? That's reasonable, I think. I think I can say that. We're not shaken. Now, that may be news to you, in, at least in that exact phrasing. Janice has told us in her testimony this morning that she knows that she is secure in Jesus Christ, in her life. Thank you, Janice. Feeds right into my point, right? That is a concept with which you're familiar. But do you feel unshakable? Do you feel unshakable? Nah. 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 You don't feel unshakable. 
You don't feel that way. I don't feel that way. Actually, this morning, I'll tell you, I feel a little shaken. A little blended, if I'm, I mean, like seriously shaken. But I don't care how we feel. That's not what he says. The kingdom cannot be shaken. I feel shaky today a little bit, maybe more than a little bit, but we're not talking about feelings, are we? You can modify your feelings with this truth. The kingdom that is to come is unshakable. It is unshaken. And my receipt of it is unshakable and unshaken. I often talk to people about this in other terms, that there's a difference between feeling safe and being safe, isn't there? You can be safe and feel unsafe. That's not a good place to be. But even worse is feeling safe and being unsafe, right? That's actually worse. You've deceived yourself. But the feelings are technically not really directly related to your actual state, right? If I can be deceived. Something similar here. I am unshaken, objectively. If I feel shaky, that's not my reality. That's not who I am. I am unshaken. I am unshakable because I am in the process of receiving an unshakable kingdom. I can feel shaken today. But the writer of the Hebrews says that you can modify your feelings with this truth. You can obey the command to give thanks. Let us show gratitude. And there is an instrumentation here. There's a, a tool, he says this is. So recently, I came across a board in my backyard. So we've had, up until very recently, we had a couple extra boys in our backyard. And boys love hammers. Yes? Fire and hammers. They like fire and hammers. Is that news to y'all? No, they like fire and hammers. They like a lot of other fire and hammers. And when you are holding a hammer, literally everything does look like a nail, doesn't it? Everything looks like a nail. But I went out in the backyard and I found some boards with nails in them. You know what I also found? Boards with screws in them. But they were not put in there with screw, screwdrivers. <laughs> Everything looks like a nail. There's a proper tool for the proper job. No matter how passionately you are committed to the hammer. The hammer is not designed to drive screws, but God has said that there is a tool here. Once you comprehend and understand that the kingdom unshakably is coming, a permanent kingdom that will endure forever, and you are going to receive it, you're going to receive it, then you can modify your feelings with thankfulness. And it turns you, it allows you to use a tool 
through instrument dia, that's instrumentation, through which or by which we may offer to God an acceptable service. It changes your profitability, your usefulness to give thanks. It doesn't simply make you happy and skinny for Jesus. It might make you happy and skinny for Jesus too. But it means that you can serve well. And thankfulness is the key to that. Knowing objectively that the kingdom is ahead of us. Knowing that we are even now receiving, we are in line, and they're not going to run out of funnel cakes. That the kingdom is going to be there in the future, absolutely, surely. We can give thanks whether there are cranberries on the shelf or not. Whether the turkey is three times what it was last year. Or whether every single voice on the TV is lying to you. And they are. Virtually. All that shaky business. Shaky, shaky business. But the kingdom is unshakable. We can give thanks. So that we have the tool in our hands so that we can serve God in a way that is pleasing to Him and acceptable to Him, that's productive. We cannot be shaken from our future. We cannot be shaken from our inheritance. And we ought to give thanks for that. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this day. We do thank You for Your Word. We thank you um, for your goodness to us, for the absoluteness of our identity in your Son, by grace through faith, a future that is unshakable, an inheritance that is unshakable, something that is permanent and absolute and good. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to use that reality in our lives to good purpose today, no matter what else is going on and no matter how else the world seems to be tossing and turning. We thank you for it. We love you. Thank you again for this life that we have. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand with us. We'll dismiss. Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus.
Don't eat too much turkey.